No, go ahead, talk. <laughs> Say, you're listening to the Word Bros Podcast. No. Do it. No. Do it. <laughs> Say, you're listening to the Word Bros Podcast. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> you're listening to the Word Bros Podcast. The WordBros.com. Welcome to another Word Bros. Oh, yeah. And this week we have a great comics retailer who's a good friend of ours. It's Dan Faust from Ultimate Comics. He's going to tell us a little bit about how comics retail works. Talk to us a little bit about wrestling and some other stuff. And we get into the weeds a little bit with Dan here, but it's cool just to hear the different philosophies of comic shop owners, comic shop managers, things of that nature, how they go about their processes. It's really an interesting conversation. It's it's very fun. And, and, and Dan was a really good guest. We were glad to have him on. So thank you, Dan, for coming on. He works, um, he runs Ultimate Comics in Raleigh, North Carolina. That's horseman country, I believe. It is. Yeah. You'll be throwing up fours when you go in the store and throw out a woo. And <laughs> yeah, you'll you get go. a woo back. Probably. So. Yeah. So, but yeah, so let's listen to Dan and all of his wonderful comic knowledge. Today we have Dan. Do you go by Dan or Daniel? I go by Dan. Okay. I like Daniel. Daniel's a good name though. Like if if I had to have another name, oh my God. If I had to have another name, sorry, the meth game was on in the background and I just had to turn that off because they're dog shit. But yeah, if I had to have another name besides Bob, I think I'd go Dan. Dan's a good name. It's solid. It's simple. It's one syllable. You know, like you can't really mess it up. Now, when you were a kid, did you go by Danny? So only my grandmother. Uh, oh, that's did, cute. Actually, she All had right. the most beautiful Southern accent, and so actually, I'm half Filipino. So Daniel's the more or less the English translation of my name. But uh, so a lot of times it would puzzle my friends because they hear my family say my name, and it's just always it's odd. Danielle, and you're like, wait, what did, they say? <laughs> did they just shout Daniel? Like, is your name Danielle? And then there were fist fights, so it wasn't a good thing. I bet so you can handle it. I bet you get that. I bet you can handle yourself though, Dan. That's cool. I'm down with that. And I have to say, um, you're a retailer. You run Ultimate Comics. Yes, yes, in North Carolina. I run one of the Ultimate okay, Comics. Okay, because there's like Ultimate Comics. There's like a thousand of them or something, right? They're like right, the, we're up to four, four sites. That's awesome. In the warehouse. Yeah, no. If you guys ever, if we can, if we're lucky enough to have you for a signing, we're just going to trade you around to all three in like a cool. day. Pony we'll show. do it. We'll do it. Uh, but yeah, no, I do the Raleigh. I do the Raleigh store. I'm the manager, and I'm one of the partners. So yeah, it's, it's a pretty good deal. And let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Could I get that hat that you just turned around? That, at Ultimate that, Comics. At Ultimate Comics. That is a good looking hat. Not, you know, honestly, I was I put it on because I thought, well, 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 Kevin and Bob will love the hat. I got this from uh, Carson Metaxas who did 3D Joe's, which is a site you can go to when he's okay. done a lot of the Joe art project. And I think he got it for me at one of the Joe Cons one year. I'm not sure what evil things Carson had to do to give me the hat. I just remember he gave me the hat and was like, this hat was hard to get. 
And I was like, okay, you're not getting more than 25% off of this comment. So there are Joe cons? That sounds awesome. There are. Uh, they had the last one was in Springfield. That's oh, cool. Man. See, that's not far for you either, Bob. What, Springfield, Springfield, Ohio, or Illinois? Well, they can work in any Springfield in a year, right? <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I never, I didn't even think about that. That's really neat. Wow, yeah. a Joe con. That's neat. I've heard of, they had, they, I've heard of Masters of the Universe cons. What? Like they used to do, like, it was just all Masters of the Universe stuff. <laughs> yeah, I've heard about those shows, which have been cool. And they used to do a show here in Cincinnati, but they moved it to um, Louisville. It was just called Robot Con, and it was just all for robots. Oh, I don't know. Like, that sounds cool. I don't know. I mean, I'm, just I'm gonna... think of all the different robots that you can do, because you can do, like, all the mecha, like, all the Robotech shit. You can okay, do, like, okay. I, I, I do like Robotech. Yeah, so like, open your mind, true. man. Just don't think C-3PO and R2-D2. Like, expand your brain, man. Let it all go, you know? It's funny great robots out there. Who's... Yeah. Who's, who's your favorite, favorite robot? Who's your favorite robot, Dan? Oh, gosh. Um, okay, so if I have to pick one. One robot. Vision. 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 All right. Vision. That's, That's exactly a synthoid, but I'm going to say for the purposes of the greater robot discussion, uh, it would be a robot. Also, Dino Muck gets an audible mention because it's a robot <laughs> and a dog. <laughs> That's awesome. So, like, that's how can you not love that, right? I mean, Dino Mutt is pretty damn good. I mean, I I did not expect a Dino Mutt reference. And to be fair, Dan, you are the first person to ever bring up Dino Mutt on this podcast. I'm happy about that. So, congratulations! <laughs> wow, Dino Mutt, that's really good. Like, you went into the crevices of your mind for that one. Like, your pop culture Hanna Barbera stuff must be must be tight to go that far in it's on point yeah i do okay i do okay (laughs) his gi joe stuff his gi joe stuff is on point too so i'm gonna go i'm gonna go bats trooper i'm gonna go bats trooper would be my favorite robot because as a kid it looked like they had all them gears and stuff in there but uh, on the lenticular thing and you could you could turn them in in the light and it looked like the gears would move and stuff what's i'm not i don't think i'm familiar with that one dan knows what i'm talking about oh yeah the The, battle android trooper the bat, the bat, the battle android trooper from Cobra. There, there are the black. Oh, yeah, yeah, they're yeah, the black yeah, yeah. guys, and they had they, like interchangeable arms. They had the have... chest plate with the gears inside. Yeah. All right. I didn't know what their names were, but yeah, yeah, yeah I'll go yeah. grab one if you need me to. Um, they come in multiple <laughs> colors now. I've got the red one. That was That's really cool. Okay. <laughs> See, that was all. That was things. That was a smart move by GI Joe because for the longest time, all the kids made fun because nobody died, and then they just started killing robots, and that's right. all. That's always the easy out. Just make robots to kill. Yeah, yeah. The, the, that was a brilliant actual move. Yeah, that was really good. Dynamite! Wow, I'm really impressed. Now, is Dynamite actually? Because I'm looking up, I'm looking at him on, on, on his Wikipedia page. Is he actually? Yep, he's a mechanical dog. Yep. All yeah. right. He because he doesn't look like a mechanical dog when you look at him. He looks like a regular dog. But yeah, that's awesome. Dynamite! Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> I love the old. I, I mean, like. You can go no wrong with Hanna Barbera cartoons. Like the old Hanna Barbera stuff is just so so good. What's your favorite Hanna Barbera cartoon, Dan? We'll go even deeper. Oh, that that one's like a four way tie, to be honest with you. I mean, okay, has to get a lot of love. You yes, to, you know. But uh, Blue Falcon and Dynamite, clearly. There you go. I enjoy that. Um, Chan Clan. I know that's an obscure. Which one is that? You know the, the Chan Clan. They fight. They fight crime. 
The Chan Clan. The Chan? I mean, it's, it's almost a little horribly racist, but in a nice way. Like in like, a, <laughs> let it go. It was the '60s or the '70s. So okay, um, there they are. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And I also really liked. Uh, I really loved Jabba Jaw. Yes. Okay. Yes. You know, he was a drummer. I mean, yes. how awesome is a shark that plays drums? And like, he sounded like Curly from uh, from the Three Stooges. Yeah. I love Jabberjaw. He was all, I always used to watch Jabberjaw on the Cartoon Express. Did you ever used to watch the Cartoon Express back yeah. in the day on USA? That was the best. Mm -hmm. Man, <laughs> this is a really yeah. fun conversation, Dan. Now, now let's get into some some serious some serious talk here, man. For yeah, real. like what's your favorite ice cream? Real, no. real. <laughs> How have you guys? Because you guys are a chain. There's four stores in the North Carolina area. How have you guys been handling the the COVID situation? Like, ha has it has it put a dent in your business? Have you guys been able to kind of like uh, power through all this? How has that worked out for you guys in North Carolina? Well, you know, I jokingly, whenever anyone asks, I say poorly. We've been doing poorly, but uh, <laughs> no, we have the truth. So we've actually done all right. Um, obviously, it's hurt everyone. But, you know, can, when we look at what we've lost, we feel very fortunate. So we really, early on, we instituted a lot of online buying policies. Um, Comic Hub helped us out because some of the locations are on Comic Hub. But uh, we just, we've had a real strong, please come in. We, uh, the Ultimate Line already had its own web presence. So we just, you know, we shut down the physical doors when we had to, and we just, we sold online. Um, Ultimate Comics itself is actually doing one of its live web shows tonight. It does uh, live web shows every week. I mean, you know, so that that's helped a lot. And I mean, I'm usually not involved in that, but my colleagues work so hard. I mean, Sienna and Harrison and Jeremy, who are people you don't know, but trust me, they put a lot of work in, everyone connected to it does. So we've made efforts there. We've also done, you know, a lot of um, pop-up sales where, you know, we've even had people schedule appointments to come in. So we schedule it so there aren't too many people. But that's what we've done. We've done a lot of back issue sales with the pop-ups and we've just asked people to be really tolerant when they come in. And for the most part, people are good. Uh, but I mean, it has been a lot of changes. Obviously you've got to limit the number, you've got to enforce a lot of rules. Every so often you get that person that comes in that doesn't want to wear a mask. Uh, so that said too, we have been doing a lot more sales and deals than normal, obviously. I mean, you just, you have to. I mean, it's, you know, you're grateful for any business. So a lot of hustle for us, honestly, and a lot of over the phone sales as well as online presence. So that's yeah. cool. It's it's interesting to hear how um, a lot of the comic shops have dealt with the pandemic and kind of dealing with that. It's it's very interesting to hear the different stories. The shop here locally, you can buy stuff, and one of the guys who works there will just drive it to your house, so it's like comics on delivery, which is kind of fun. Um, then everybody does the online sales, like on Facebook Live and stuff. Those seem to be working pretty well. So it's just cool to see innovation coming from the marketplace because without uh, a retailer such as yourself, Dan, this whole industry wouldn't exist. And that's oh. the thing that that's the thing that I don't think a lot of people who read comics really understand. Like you guys are the market. We try. You are right, actually. I'll, you know, false models. Yeah, we absolutely we are, and um, I'm just grateful that people have been understanding with, with a lot of us. And, you know, we were actually doing the live shows before COVID, so we actually were much better off because of that. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So I just I feel bad for the guys because instead of doing like one show, now they do like three shows, and I don't know where. <laughs> they're doing. 
I don't think they're paid well enough. Uh, I'm going to get an angry phone call from my business partner, Alan, going, don't tell them they deserve more money. I'll edit that part out so you don't get that angry phone call. Thank you. <laughs> but I it's like, it. but that sounds like Vegas. You're doing three shows a night. You know what you fucking Wayne Newton? <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, they try to be entertaining. And, no. you know, people love it. And then, you know, occasionally you'll get that angry person that's like, why don't you just show comics? I don't want to see any of your faces. And, we all get really, you know, like, how sad or angry is this person? Like, <laughs> why are you reading morality tales of like good people doing good things if you're going to say these things? That's really funny. And you guys do a really great job with your, um, with your meet and greets and your newsletters that go out. I mean, I get bombarded with Ultimate Comics newsletters and I feel bad because like, I don't even know how I started getting them, but I haven't unsubscribed because they're really interesting. Like you guys do a really great job keeping your clients informed via your newsletter who writes that thing that thing's a monster robin most of the credit goes to robin uh, i'm sure some of it needs to go to sienna and jeremy as well but i i feel like robin does a lot of that and then great uh we have another staff for grace she does so much social media promotion i'm just i'm constantly impressed with both of them because both robin and grace have many other responsibilities so we are so lucky to have such two exceptional women doing that for us. Well, they are doing a great job because you do your your company. I mean, Ultimate Comics does a great job with these newsletters. I mean, they're informative. You even stick videos in there, so they're kind of fun to watch too. And, and it's it's really awesome, man. You guys really have kind of dialed into the community there, man. So that's really great. Yeah. So as a retailer, oh, you got something else? Like, go ahead, and um, then I'll ask my question. No, I was just going to say, I really do have to give credit to, to the whole team. They love doing it. And we made a conscious decision, particularly our leader, Alan, made a conscious decision that if we were going to go down or people were going to be like, this is the most worthless wire they know, we were just going to do it our way. So uh, <laughs> you know, we'd be going down being who we are. So, okay. I'm sorry, Kev. What was your question? No worries. I, I'd rather you, you get your information out. Um, so the, as a retailer, what, entices you to stock a comic on your shelves so like when you're going through diamond and picking out like and you have those mass amounts of comics to look through what catches your eye as a retailer that makes you go i'm going to put this comic in the shop sure so before i answer this i was just going to point one thing out that's so cool now is with the changes at diamond i'm hoping that more retailers will have to look beyond diamond i mean i hope diamond continues to be a resource but I think with Marvel and DC shifting, maybe the other people in Diamond will finally get the attention they deserve. Because I do know many retailers that tell me, don't look in the back of the book. Like, they're like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> you know, like I mean, to this day, I have my mentor goes, read, read again, like the back of the book, you know, that's like lower than an E, right? Like, why are you doing that discount code button? So to, for what for me is uh, I love, first of all, I love any time someone calls me on the phone and is passionate um and emails are great too but a direct conversation with anyone i love that i love um it, honestly if i read it in the back and i go well that's something i haven't heard before that catches me i also like this is how i heard about you guys i heard about you guys because i had a couple different customers coming uh, and just tell me like you know about word bros and just like they were so excited from metal shark bro and so that was amazing props to you guys for putting yourself out there like that because i think more and more younger retailers are looking for that sort of word of mouth and that travel and that social media uh so and then kevin did something beautiful he sent me an advanced copy which i oh. always take more time for that even if it's just a partial i mean and i i laughed so this was the original metal shark bro of course i laughed 
I laughed so hard. I showed it uh, to my, my business partner, who is uh, just an amazing young woman. She laughed too. She did not think she was going to like it. Like I was like, it's called Metal Shark Pro. And she was just like, what have you signed up for? No more. <laughs> you know, she was very much like, you let the boys talk to the what? And she laughs. I mean, she is so psyched for a toy line for that, by the way. So again, for me, it's engagement. It's, you know, calling. Anytime you're willing to send your product out, and I know that's always difficult, even the teaser, it's a little easier with the internet, but anytime someone will give me that much FaceTime or that much of a personal attention, I'm always going to do good things for them. When I was just a young comic book star clerk, I got a call from the guys who were writing Kill Shakespeare. And oh, that, wow. Okay. So, well, you know, I mean, they were literally cold calling from work. Like, they're like, hi, we're in Canada. Will you please carry our book? And I was just like, well, I'm going to bug my boss till he carries your book. And, <laughs> And, you know, and then like they, they got so much success and they even came to NC State and they, you know, like there was being taught there. And so they sent like postcards and it got to the point where some of the other people at work were like, he thinks he's so good, because, you know. <laughs> but I just thought, what a positive experience because like I respect how much you guys have to hustle. Because I don't think most people understand what you guys, what anyone creatively has to go through, the process, the meetings, the frankly, they're almost groveling in the beginning to go, please pay attention to my stuff. Will you take five minutes to read this? No, I think groveling is a very, very <laughs> succinct word for what you have to do to get your books on the shelf. But I mean, it's a labor of love and no one else is going to do it for you. Like the publisher will get the book into previews, but I mean, like your, your mentor said, why the fuck are you looking back there? Well, there's nothing back there worth looking at. So it's your job as the creative team to, to make yourself seen. Yeah. Right. And also without people like Dan, like, like a we, champion, if you will. Yes. You, you don't get anywhere. So like when, when I had the Bob and I divided up, we talked about this before on the podcast, we divided up the list on metal shark, bro. Here's the, the shops we're going to cold call. And so Dan shop was one of them. And so like I had Dan shop on my cold call list. So I, I was the one who talked to Dan for the first time. I remember the conversation. Oh, I'm sure Dan remembers it, but I'd rather Dan tell this story uh, after he says what he had to say, because we had a great conversation. No, I think, so. gosh, we, we talked for so Like, it's a good thing I was my own boss. All right, my own boss is like, <laughs> I think like an employer would have said, what are you doing? Like, hang up now. It was so <laughs> good. Oh, so the first thing is you were passionate, which I know. You know, and you were like, you, you weren't, you didn't BS me. You were like, okay, just let me, let me pitch, you know? And I think at that point I had already had customers come to me. You said you know? that, yes. And yeah. I was like, what, really? And you're yeah. like, yeah. So um, yeah, particularly Trent Sesson champions you guys all the time. If I did not name drop his name on this show, he would be so mad at me. <laughs> uh, but there, I did it, Trent. Don't, like, don't like use your God powers to like, you know, pray, like damage me. Okay, anyway. <laughs> Uh, that conversation was really good, but what I, I liked was, Kevin, was you were engaging, you were willing to answer questions, you sent me the preview, but you were also personable, you just talked to me. I think that's, that's the key. I think anytime you're trying to get that done, you have to find who the social media person is, or who even does the newsletter, someone who's going to talk for you guys. Yeah. You, have to, you have to vocalize that, you know, because without that, and even if that means you call multiple stores in the chain or you keep going up and going, well, can I talk to someone else? I, I personally, I tell anyone who's doing that, you're going to probably have to do that, whether you're the artist or you're the writer. You're going to get some doors slammed in your face. It's oh, yeah. Bad. Oh, yeah. We had a lot of that. Well, I mean, this whole industry is just fail. Like, you're going to fail 99.7% of the time. 
sometimes you'll have a little success. Yeah. But you know, most of this industry is just no, thank you. Right. You know? And, and I think I said that to Dan, when we were talking on the phone, I said, man, I just got off like one of the worst cold calls I had. And this is one of the best ones. So like, thank you for that. Because like, it was very strange. Like uh, the last one I had, like I, every time I tried to say something, the guy was just like, we don't, we don't do that. We don't, we don't care do about you. Uh, we're a Marvel in DC stores, what he said. And then I said, okay, that's cool. Yeah, but I'm just asking you to take a look. I'll send you a free copy. And he was like, nah, no. Nah, nah, I mean, that's that's just how some shops are. Some some shops are just Marvel. I, I said, okay. Stores. At the end of the yeah. day, I was like, okay, that's cool. Hey, Amen. Like, but it was good talking to you. And I appreciate you taking the time out to talk to me. And he's like, yeah, I hung up the phone. <laughs> and I there thought was, it was hilarious. There was one that I called that I remember. It's like, yeah, we carry some indie books like Hellboy. And I was like, well, they're really putting yourself out there with that one, bro. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, I was actually, last week, I did an interview for a, a podcaster touring the store. And, you know, they were, they were shocked because they were like, so your indie books, so they were like your boom and your image and your dark horse. And I was like, no, that's not indie. I was, I was trying to be nice about it, but I was like, that's not it. That's not indie. If you have your own section in Diamond Previews, you are not independent. Like, <laughs> the concept that boom or dark horse could be considered independent. I'm like, uh, no, guys, that's like... Just, just no, like, <laughs> I was just like, oh God, like, you know, when they're telling people, come see the independent section, I'm like, I think they're confused, like, you know, I was like, here's some NPR stuff, here's some stuff straight out of South America, here's some underground grunge, some punk and disorderly, and they were like, wait, what's punk and disorderly? I was very much like, if you have to ask, it's probably not something you want to read. Well, then if you're talking about this expanded indie, um, this expanded indie section you have, how do you come across these books? Are these things that people just mail you or do you just kind of keep your finger on the pulse of social media or is it just something as basic as like, I like this. I like the way this looks. It is a lot of digging, I won't lie. It, it's, it's a lot of digging. Um, and it helps that over the years, customers have cultivated it, uh, have told me what they want, what they look for. Uh, the comic book store where I cut my teeth was a college comic book store, so it had the benefit. Ah, okay. More, and so I tried to take that with me when I left. Um, so that's that's what I do. So sometimes I compare with other people. I go to a lot of sites, and that's not to say that you know there isn't things from uh, Marvel. I mean, she the Diamond previews in it. They're just not the fun with book stuff. You know, I mean, you you just have to look for things that are awesome. And sometimes we get a hit, so it suddenly it is more mainstream. You know, but it, it and it, you know it's it's not all going to be like grunge 90 underground it, you know there's some really bright happy stuff up there i mean like one of the books we threw up there was a uh, girl's Plank, and that was in that was in the diamond previews but you know like no one was paying attention to it <laughs> so, i mean no i mean let's be honest no one was paying attention to it yeah. i mean i know you guys have fought that labor you rolled that boulder up the hill where it's like look we're here like and again retailers do not care um about how hard it is for you guys in that regard I know some retailers are going to be like, what is he saying? But I've been to enough meetings with my fellow retailers where I'm like, <laughs> hey, who, who shops out of this part of the book? And like everyone over 30 looks at me like I'm an idiot. It's just, <laughs> it's great. You're just like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to go over there now. <laughs> I'm excited to hear Phil Boyle talk. All the rest of you really resent him. But I think like, <laughs> I didn't mean all pay money to be here if we're not going to listen to Phil. So, but yeah, you, you do have to just do the research though. And sometimes you'll miss something, you know, like you, you will, you just hope to get it back in. Now, what's a book that you missed out on? Can you, oh, can you think of one like right off the top of your head that like, man, we didn't order enough or I can't believe I Night missed Hunters. 
Night Hunters was Night the Hunters. last thing. Uh. That's not even really super any, but that was one where I definitely would have liked more. But uh, we were just, COVID was still so heavy at that yeah. point that we had to make our decisions. I've told people, honestly, my wall of weird, as I call it, has suffered. You know, um, <laughs> oh, but, yeah, I wanted to, uh, what was it? There was a book on uh, the creator of Tintin that I wanted to make. And, okay. uh, you know, semi-biographical, and I wanted that, and we didn't get it. And then I had, like, four people, like, going, well, why do you not have this? You had all that. Like, Tintin's been <laughs> on this wall. You know, so that is the fun thing about our wall of weird, too, is you will get, like, some really crazy dark stuff, and then next to it, you'll get Tintin. And they're like, what's going on? Like, <laughs> you know, like, little Lulu is next to Meta Barons. Like, what is that? So, you know, we do a lot of art books, too, because we just, we want to show that out there. And then um, we try to get quite a bit of things from Japan too, because I mean, that's honestly just producing some of the most interesting stuff. I would love more things out of uh, out of Korea, but it's just really hard to get that right now. Okay, this is interesting to find. Now, where do you order these books? Like, if you do, do the Korean books and the Japanese books come from Diamond, or do you have to go like straight to the publisher in these yeah. countries to get this stuff? So a lot of times you can look at. Um, I tell other retailers look at bookstore contracts, like. I'm unusual. I have six distributors. And so oh, that wow. does make ordering a pain. But I mean, it's worthwhile if you want to represent things, you know, and it's, it's getting different. I mean, Penguin Random House is getting in the mix now, but like, you know, um, like I, I found basically like Macmillan has things like Braun and Quarterly, Fantagraphic, yeah. Better Deal, and Diamond. And then they'll have other little things sometimes. So you just have to hope. <laughs> they're gonna have it and then sometimes you just have to go to someone and go hey is this your website i'll take five like sorry i can only do wow <laughs> so you just reach out to just creators if you see something that you're really into just to just to do it that way that's really interesting to hear yeah i try and i mean you know sometimes they like the deal sometimes they don't and now that i you know because i used to be just entirely my own shop now that i'm with ultimate i have to curb that a bit but mm -hmm. i still try as much as i can I'm really looking forward to uh, post-COVID when I get my buying budget back. That <laughs> that's cool. All right. Well, what should we be on the lookout for here, um, super indie-wise? Is there anything that's on your radar right now that people should be kind of aware of? That you're looking, uh, now I looking forward to? My list. I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> that, that you're looking forward to. Oh, gosh. Hmm. You guys caught me. My list is at work. Oh, bummer. <laughs> like, that's where my file is. Like, tomorrow I'm going to uh, send Kevin a bunch of stuff. But no, like, you know what? Honestly, right now, I wouldn't even like to say it off the top of my head because without, like, my research in front of me, I don't want to, like, quote one thing and ignore someone else's materials, if that makes sense. No, that makes sense. Um, totally. Yeah, totally. Uh, I can tell you, for me, the thing I'm most looking forward to is I know, and I'm blanking on the name, but I know uh, this month Seth has something coming up. And so if you're familiar with the cartoonist Seth, who's done things like uh, the great Canadian cartoonist and just a lot of other little things like that. Um, silent pictures, so just told to totally with the art. I really That's cool. That. So That's yeah, awesome. He's great, yeah. So and I mean, he's harder to find out of Canada on the West Coast, but you can find him if you look hard. This is turning into like a uh, like a prospect podcast where you're just telling us like the hot cool books that you're into, Daniel, and I'm I'm super into that. That's and, really neat. Dan is like that that indie major league baseball scout that goes and sees yeah. all the triple A's play, and then he's like, that person's gonna be somebody someday, <laughs> and, he, and that's how that's why I think he's so awesome because I have been in Dan's store and done a signing, and it was fun, and the the signing was so much fun that like. 
we pretty much closed the shop down and still we're talking about nerd things yeah like the first the first time so um and i can say that that it was entertaining because it didn't matter how many people showed up at that point because we were just having so much fun talking that I like. Well, I didn't I'm care. sure no Dan one showed cared up. How many people showed up? <laughs> <laughs> he had people there. He yeah, had people there. Kevin, Kevin, so we've had Kevin twice now, and he's been a draw both times. Well, so I that, mean, that is worthwhile. Kevin is a draw. I mean, let me tell you, as his co-writer <laughs> and BFF, Kevin's a draw. That, you, my goal is to have you both there because like you actually yes. do have quite a bit of fandom um oh. one of my co-workers grace really loves you guys too like she, the first time she saw me wearing a metal shark shirt she was look like at that shirt. look at that shirt that's a great shirt yeah i felt shirt. bad because i was like they're not even going to be able to see it where the camera is i have to stand at least once like I, i'm, I'm just repping luchasaurus uh, there you go luchasaurus so. that's cool now that shirt was exclusive via kickstarter so you even yes. backed the kickstarter huh right Let's talk about that for a sec. I know a lot of retailers hate Kickstarter. Yes. I understand their pain. I don't even disagree with their logic, but so here's my position on it. And they can disagree with me. I know my partner, Charles, my business partner, Charles, has many a time, he's told me, you're just stupid, you soft target. When you guys are starting out, that is such a tool for you. How could I begrudge you any like theoretical writer artist, the success that Kickstarter is going to allow? I mean, that's just so like, it's so hard to make it. It's just like, why would I take that from you? I mean, I just, I feel like that's like going over to someone and taking their cliff notes and going, no, do it fine. Like, yeah. So I think it's fine for uh, for Facebook. And as you guys go on, you know, you do some Facebook exclusive stuff, but you do some retail exclusive stuff. So I can live with that. Yeah, and and I think another thing that I think the the market is starting to figure out, hopefully, and maybe you can tell your business partner this, is there is not a lot of crossover between the direct market and the Kickstarter market. Like those two audiences, I feel at times couldn't be further apart for the things that they want. I would agree with that, you know, and we, we see a lot of that in comics. We just do. You, I mean, you're going to get a person that buys it on Kickstarter that a different person's going to buy it in your shop because you've got your Wednesday warriors and then you've got your other people that come in for like straight up trades or whatever. And if Kickstarter is offering you the full trade where you don't have to wait, but then it comes out in the direct market in singles, it serves both markets and it doesn't hurt you either. So, yeah, I mean, plus, I'll say this as a retailer, right? I work in 2021. Kickstarter is a thing. Yeah. If Facebook is a thing, I, I mean, it reminds me of those, those retailers, God bless them, who are still like trying to call in their orders at Diamond or just like, oh, I don't advertise on the interweb because it's scary. <laughs> it's a thing. It, it doesn't bother me. You know, when people ask me about digital comics, I tell them it's a great space saver. They're like, oh, no, you're supposed to tell me it's the devil. And I'm like, why would I do that? <laughs> the devil. I mean, am I going to pretend I don't own a tablet? Like, I don't occasionally. <laughs> I have a Dark Phoenix Saga that I love. Kevin knows this. I adore my Dark Phoenix Saga. I did unspeakably evil things to get my Dark Phoenix Saga. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I am not cracking that to open that. Like, I'm, so I'm going to read that in whether it's an omnibus or a trade or, you know, sometimes on some e-reading device. Yeah. I mean, that's just the reality. And if we have retailers, if we don't acknowledge that that's happening and try to accept it and build it into our store, we're going to be in trouble. Like you, you just, you have to acknowledge that. Well, then how do you build it into your store? How do you do something like that? How do you make that happen for yourself? Well, I think in the future, and I could be a crazy person, but I actually think in the future, you know, we're going to have to uh, offer 
areas for shitting, for downloading, for, for reading that sort of thing. But what I do is I remind everyone every week, you know, if you buy a Marvel book, don't forget about your code. You know, if someone asks me how that works, I have walked more 30 to 40 year olds through the downloads. And because it's like Kevin said, they come to me every Wednesday. Yeah. There's no reason to keep that from them. They're not like, they're not trying to be difficult. It's the same reason why myself or more often uh, my coworker, Casey, she will walk someone through using Comic-Con. Like, that's just a tool for us, you know, because the truth is, if you're using Facebook, you're probably checking out what you want on a regular monthly basis, which means you can email me. Yeah. Or subs. Like, yeah. that, you, you already know how to use these products. So I just look at all of technology as one sort of big wheel together. I can't really ask someone to read monthly previews and they go, but don't use Facebook or don't kickstart anything. That's the worst. Like, <laughs> what? Yeah. You know, that's just, that's ridiculous. And again, you, people are going to do it anyways. Like, it's just me making noise. I would rather use up my credit with my customers on something that's achievable and something that seems reasonable, right? Like, you know, we've always at Ultimate, uh, particularly since I've come on, we've prided ourselves on being able to work with other stores too. I, I don't see Kickstarter as any other sort of terrible competition in that regards, you know? So. You're very like peaceful, easy feeling, like let's, let's just all hang out and read great comics. And that's a really great attitude to have. The The comic retail industry is lucky to have kind of like a forward and free thinker such as yourself, Dan. I bet, like you've already mentioned it. So I know you already get a lot of bullshit from, <laughs> from a lot of other people in your field, right? I do. Um, I do. So usually with um, within Ultimate itself, I mean, I have a lot of good support. Uh, the other partners are usually the only ones who go, no. But even then, uh, like with my my business partner uh, Charlie, he will he will watch me sell things. I mean, my other um, my other two partners, Val and Casey, Alan jokes that I'm allowed to you know get away with a lot because of my sell abilities. Uh, because I, Kevin will tell you one of the things I excel at, even though I'm good at ordering, is uh, they love having me on the floor. I can I can sell ice to an Eskimo supposedly. I, mean, <laughs> I don't know if that's still a PC joke to make or not, but uh, that's that's where I I excel, and I think sometimes. Uh, the other retailers go, well, okay, at least he knows what he's doing there. So just ignore his crazy dog. So yeah, you I, you will actually, now explain your selling process to me because I know there are some shops that kind of just let, hang back in the cut and let readers kind of pick things out they want themselves. I've seen other stores where it's very, I don't want to say aggressive, but it's like, hey, what are you looking for? What are you into? Like, where do you kind of fall in that in that realm of salesmanship? So I'll, I'll own it. Um, most customers like four out of five, very happy, but would probably describe me as aggressively polite. Uh, there's that one in five that's like, shut up, go away. I don't talk to you. <laughs> but, and, you know, Ultimate actually brought me in explicitly. Uh, one of the reasons was for my sellability. Uh, I'm a big fan of approaching the person, asking if they want help. If someone says, hey, no, I just want to look, it's cool, but you check back in. Oh, I usually try to joke. I don't even talk to them about comics necessarily immediately other, you know, if they go, oh, well, this is what I want. When I do talk to someone, I, I start with a, I always start with the same question. I say, do you want superheroes or do you want not superheroes? Because I mean, in our field these days, I mean, you're getting so much good stuff. So much stuff that's not, you know, DC or Marvel capes and types punching someone. So that's the first thing I ask. Then I ask if they want a book about a singular character or if they want to read a team. Because if you think about it, that that really narrows it down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And then I, I go genre. I'm like, do you want to laugh? Do you want to, you know, do you want a mystery? 
Uh, and so I just, I just feed off the questions there. I'm big on letting them decide. That's and then cool. I just sort of take them to wherever we are in the store that might have that section. We tend to do a lot of smaller sections of um, maybe 20 graphic novels or like 20 comics where we're like, look at these. These are great starters. And, uh, and I know a lot, a lot of shops like to do that. They like to have everything just sort of together. I, I think it's better when you can give it to people in manageable chunks and you can ask them what they want. And of course, the, the key there is you've got to have it too. You can't go, so you want a great mystery? Well, sorry, I sold out of all the at Brewmaker. Like that doesn't yeah. help. <laughs> no. So uh, we get a lot of props for our presentation. But um, I'll be honest, uh, my actual, my background was psychology. So I'm pretty good at talking to people and reading the mannerisms. And it helps that I have a very high level nerd encyclopedic knowledge of comics. So when someone goes, no, it was that one from like, I got that today. Someone was like, well, what's significant about Avengers? You know, 196. And I'm like, a first appearance of Taskmaster. I was <laughs> like, it's a beautiful cover. I was, I was a little annoyed. I was literally typing it in on the store chat. And one of my other colleagues like got to it first. I was like, damn me, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. But uh, yeah, you just, I think you just have to ask people what they want. And you know, again, if someone wants to be left alone, I, I understand that. But to be honest, most people walk into the comic book store because they want comics. They or they want to chit chat, like the comic they shop. They want to talk about comics. It's a community. Yeah. Like they want to talk about what they're reading or what they've read or what they're, what they're- Or what they love. Yeah, what they, like, yeah, exactly. You know, it might not be even comics related. It might even be cartoon related, which is semi-related to comics in some way because there's G.I. Joe comics and then there's G.I. Joe cartoons. Two different things. Two different things. You're going to get a lot more depth out of a G.I. Joe comic like Tanks for the Memories. Um, you're going to get something out of that one where Duke gets shot. Like as a kid, I remember reading that particular comic and like, is Duke going to be okay? Like I was like seven and I was like, Oh no, I know he's a, like oh, in your no. mind, you know, he's a soldier, you know, and everything, but like no one gets shot on the GI Joe cartoon. That doesn't happen. It doesn't. Yeah. So there, there's, there's that kind of thing. And you want to talk about it, but like, you, you guys think it's going to be all right. <laughs> and there, there wasn't that when I was seven, it wasn't a comic shop. It was a spinner rack. So like, I, I tell my son all the time, how lucky he is. I'm like, you could go into the comic shop and have nerd conversations for hours if you wanted to. Yeah. Someone's going to want to talk to you about that. It's true. That's no, cool. it's it's true. It's, yeah, we try to walk that line really carefully for the record, guys, because, you know, I've actually had talks with the other managers about this, about what's the line between good customer service and, hey, you have 200 books you need to put in bags and boards to get out right before tomorrow. <laughs> bartenders, and people deserve that. Like, it's, it's part of what makes us a, a good place. So, you know, we just try to teach the staff to be careful with that. Don't, to sit, don't spend too much yeah. time. Yeah. Don't get lost in talking about how awesome Snake Eyes is. Like, <laughs> let's let's move on. Like, there's other things to do. But that is a good point, though. I think the same thing goes with, you know, being a creator selling at a con. There is a fine line between like, okay, this conversation's over. You know, like we've 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 stretched it out as long as we can. Let's go our separate ways. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> there needs to be a transaction here, friend. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> they actually joke with me that when I go to a con, they remind me that I have to cut the sales like jargon into like a fourth of its normal. <laughs> I, I joke that I, I make a lot less money at cons than I do in the shop because there is that pressure to be like, no, no, no. Yeah. Like, you need to make a decision. I'm so sorry. You went to another booth. It's gone now. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. You definitely have to do that. And it's again, it's a trick. But 
<laughs> that, that's all there is to it. I mean, you just, you hope you can direct it towards, uh, towards the gear, right? You know, last con I was at, I was actually repping for Valiant. And so that was really a lot of fun because it was just like, hey, do you like this from your childhood? I got it right here in its own format. <laughs> you know, like, you want a Wolverine story? Meet Bloodshot. You know, you want Punisher? Yeah. I tell people, you want a kid who wanted to grow up to be Captain America, but ended up being the Punisher because that's what the government needed. So that's how I would pick them up. But, uh, you know, like literally when I go to cons, I do pitch notes and I hand them out to the people who are working with me. <laughs> and then I apologize to them for being that micromanager. <laughs> but if it works, it works, you know? Yeah, 30 second elevator pitch and you're done. Yeah. Um, 20 to 30 seconds and that's it. You know? That's interesting because I mean that's what you have to do as a, as a creative trying to sell books to a publisher or to people walking around the floor. It's interesting to hear a retailer kind of come with that uh, with that level of passion and kind of intensity for the for the sale. And it's something that's not even yours. Like you didn't create Bloodshot, but you're just <laughs> amped on it and you want people to read it. So here, this is my this that's that's a really good idea. I do think you creators, you you have such a harder time. Like, like you guys just don't get enough credit. Like I, just, I feel like you should have like five of us whenever you go to a con retailers who are on your side. Just to sort of push that. Like you deserve that. Like I almost feel like the con should hook you up with like, hey, here are some retailers who like your stuff. Like, but I also think, but again, I think a lot of that is on the creator. Creators. The creator yeah. has to go out and build these relationships with with readers, with retailers, with other artists, like that's your job. That's what you're there to do. Like going to cons is fun and like kicking it at bar con till four o'clock in the morning is is a good time too. But that's not what you're there to fucking do. You're there to 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 network, to to meet other artists, to meet retailers, to do that's what your job is. You're there to work. Yeah, and, and it's you know, and it sounds like you have that kind of mentality with it too. Have your fun, yes, but remember, you still got two hundred comics that you got a bag and board that are going out in the morning. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a fine line. Yeah. Well, I mean, today was a Tuesday, so it was the day to get ready. I know. Yeah. And, I, and I appreciate you doing this on a Tuesday because yeah. I know New Comic Book Day is tomorrow. But it's been kind of weird now too because DC doesn't do their Wednesdays anymore, right? Because since they switched. Right, it's a different day for them. Um, so I'll be honest with you guys on that because I'm not ashamed of this decision. Okay. I put my DC books out on Wednesday. Okay. Ooh, okay. And that is the deal because um, no disrespect to DC Comics to, or to anyone who was, was putting it out, but our crowd was set to come in on Wednesday. Yeah. And if we were to put that out, all we would do is we would create a situation where the diehard DC people would come in on Tuesday. And then I would be doing final order cutoffs on the weekend with them not having seen anything else. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I, you know, we each made a decision. This was my decision for the branch I control for the, the Raleigh store. I was like, it's just going out on Wednesday. That's just easier. If someone comes in and, you know, we know them, sure, we'll sell them the DC stuff if they ask. But on the whole, we release it all on Wednesday because that's what makes it easier for uh, the management process that makes it easier for the customers. And I mean, to be honest, it's fair to the little guys. I mean, I, I, I'm not trying to say DC was trying to screw anyone over. That's certainly what was happening, um, but I don't know <laughs> whether it was delivered or not. I mean, to the, from their perspective, I understand it, but it, it just, it was not a good deal. So I just don't do it. You so know, what day was it supposed to be on? Well, it, you know, it was always Wednesday, but it, it was, was a gentleman's Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah, it's always been Wednesday. 
And so okay. the thing is, you know, DC let it be known to that if like suddenly Marvel would go, well, we'll push to Tuesday too, they would have went to Monday. I mean, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. At some point, it just it just becomes it, it's just them pissing in yeah. the wind. Yeah, it's like, did you not grow up playing any little league whatsoever? Like, that's <laughs> not a good attitude to have. Like, and and, and, and the Wednesday crowd is a creature of habit. Like they go on. Fuck, they even had their Wednesday comics thing, DC, that they had like 10 years ago. The newspaper stuff that came out every Wednesday. Like that's, they're a creature of habit. So you're kind of, and like you said, they're kind of taking advantage of the little guy too. Who, you know, I'm only coming in to get my Batman book. I mean, I'm never going to see anything else. Right. There were so many smaller books that deserve to be seen and deserve to be heard. I mean, so when you think about that, you know, and I'll be honest with the smaller books, I can only maybe order 10 to 15 of them sometimes. So it's like, I need those Wednesday's eyes on, you know, because you've got to make final orders that weekend, you know, I mean, and I'm meticulous about my work. I like it done by Saturday, even though it's due Monday. So I'm looking at, you know, the trails, uh, excuse me, the uh, sales trends, because you have to, I mean, that's, that's just how you do it. So it's very frustrating when that happens. And, and again, I, I really don't like dividing the audience because people go, well, we'll come back on Wednesday. Nobody's going to come back Tuesday and Wednesday. Like, <laughs> I wouldn't be there on a Tuesday and a Wednesday if they didn't pay me. Like, like, <laughs> ridiculous. Like, you know, it's just, Funny. no. So again, we just, we just do it on Wednesday and it's never a problem. I had like two people in for the DC books today. And they, of course, tried to buy the Wednesday books. And I was like, hey, look, you could be a secret shopper. And we played that game. Well, not a secret shopper. And I'm like, yeah, but it's not like you're a narc in like a 90s movie where I can go, are you a narc? You ripped their shirt open and they said the microphone. (laughs) Right. So, you know, most people are completely understanding about that. But yeah, today was one of those days. We actually, we did a really well. We did a really great day. I sold two ridiculously overdone omnibuses and I, I got one guy for uh, 480 on just back issue after back issue, but I, I had to put, you know, two hours of work in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at the end, he wanted to, you know, swap stories. And I was like, dude, any other day, but like, I have two long boxes of comics that I have to back and forth, you know, and even if the whole, well, aren't you the manager? Don't you have a minion? And I was just like, no, it's, that's not how. We that's not how this economy works anymore, friend. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, it's like, I do have a minion, but I'm not going to treat my minion like, what an awful mindset to yeah. go oh make someone else do it and then when it's not done i'll yell at them because i didn't do my work that i absolutely assigned myself so. <laughs> yeah. you are like the patron saint of good dude comic shop well, guys he man. had to be he did all those unspeakably evil acts to get the <laughs> phoenix saga like he needed to make amends so his karma didn't come back on him true. I, uh, <laughs> 28 years old and under me is not the best version <laughs> That's awesome. I was actually hired at my first comic shop job because I've said mean things, believe it or not. Um, I don't believe that because you've always been a sweetheart. Well, no. So like, um, if this was way back when, this was when uh, <laughs> I was still your comics on Wednesday morning. And so I literally got hired to entertain the crowd that would wait from like 10 to two, depending on when the books got because <laughs> the books would get there randomly. And so the boss is, you know, I'm, I'm in college, I'm like a freshman. Uh, the boss has put up his help wanted sign. He's reading an excellent comic. Uh, long story short, blah, 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 blah. It's when the Stepper Cuckoo's break up with Emma Frost and they say, you're mean and you're cruel and you're old. And she goes, oh, how dare you, I'm 22. And I, I just walked by and said, yeah, sure, parts of it. 
and he hired me. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> yeah, he thought that, I mean, that was my, my how I got a comic job. That's so sad. That, like, I made fun of a really great character. And so, yeah, I was just there to entertain a crowd by making fun of comics and, like, that way only comic fans enjoy. That's awesome. <laughs> And and also besides that, Dan is is also the hugest GI Joe fan in the world, which as you can tell by the hat. By the hat, that's a great hat. Tell by the hat, and he and I'm he'll. Up there. there are people who love him more. But but you but you have a, an intense GI Joe knowledge, sir. I do. I, I will admit to that. You I you do. have an encyclopedic knowledge of the Joes because I don't like you know things I don't know. You were telling me things last time, and I was like, wow, I didn't know that. So like, and I don't, and I don't think I know all that, that much about GI Joe, but apparently I know more than I thought I did. But then Danny even schooled me on the stuff I do know. And I was like, oh, wow, that's a lot. A lot of stuff happened in there that I didn't know about. And then on top of that, Dan also watches AEW. So, so who's your favorite wrestler? Who's your favorite wrestler, Dan? Cody, Cody Rhodes. He just, from both a fan level and just respecting what he's built. Like, Mm -hmm. because I mean, to be able to go, okay, I'm forever going to be mid-card. I'm going to go over here now, but to do it in a way that I felt was classy and just, I mean, he's so talented. I mean, even when he was just a younger guy doing Legacy, I, I really liked him there. And just to see like how he's put stuff together and to see him as a promoter. So it's not just a wrestler. It's as a promoter. I really admire all that. That's, that's crazy. I mean, cause that is not a business where you, if you're not with WWE, you make it. Can we be yeah. honest about that? I mean, are you going to Japan? You know, like that's kind of your option is like you can go wrestle for New Japan or, you know, you can work for Vince. That's that's sort of it. So I love that he's providing that that second opportunity and doing it with their own model. I mean, it's just it's great. The only thing, uh, Cody right now to me as a fan is frustrating because I feel like he's kind of middling around. Like he's not really doing anything like his stories like the thing with Shaq was weird um like it was <laughs> granted it was a really good match like it was put considering yes really yeah. well and Shaquille O'Neal and Jade Carnell or whatever did a great job in the match together but I just feel like he's not participating in main event feuds which is I f- I feel the place he needs to be because he's a main event guy and, and I'm going to add the thing about Cody that frustrated me was the fact like he is in the squash match with Brody Lee and then he comes back and it's black haired Cody. And I was like, Cody Rhodes heel turn. I might actually like Cody Rhodes after this. Cody Rhodes heel is and really I was like, good. And I was like, this is going to be good. He's going to come back and do some heel shit. I'm in on this. I'm with it. And then he comes back and he's like, oh, I just dyed my hair black to fool you. Gotcha. And I'm like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> That's where I was with Cody. Right. So the only thing I'll say about Cody to defend it a little is I think because of the position he occupies with the booking, I can respect that he doesn't always put himself in the main event. Like, yeah, no, I do too. But the fact that when he made that dumb stipulation against Jericho two years ago, where if he doesn't win, he'll never challenge for the belt again. I felt he took himself out of contention right off the bat. And like the main event picture to me would be more interesting if Cody was just kind of lurking, not so much involved, but even with WWE back in the day, you had Stone Cold and The Undertaker and Rock and Kane, and and you had a a big group of guys, Kurt Angle, Triple H, you had championship mankind. Yeah, who were, and I feel right now, AEW really only has 
Kenny Omega, who's their champion, and then John Moxley. And then I don't know where that next group of guys come from. And Cody took himself out of that, right. which bummed me out because he was doing some great work with the whole MJF feud. That was brilliant. Like, I thought that was really great stuff that they were doing. They built that up so well. And then after that, he's just been kind of, like I Middling said, around. Yeah, yeah. just kind of like, I don't know, really know where I'm going. Like, I don't know what my story is, basically. My whole yeah. nightmare family thing is falling apart. Dude, They, I don't care about QT Marshall. They could have done that shit on Dark. <laughs> I, I'm like, come on, baby. Like, why am I Why am I watching this? QT Marshall as, like, the, the, the evil mastermind? I don't buy it. Like, come on, man. I mean, it's cool, I guess. It gives him something to do. But, I mean, like, why is this on your main show at 9 yeah. o'clock? <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> give me something. I put. Let me watch Cody fight Kenny Omega. That would be a good match. I'd like to see that. Right. So you know what's funny? Every time Kenny is on, I get so mad that he's not on New Japan anymore that I just get frustrated with whatever gimmick he's like running. I'm just like, which I know is so unfair, but I'm just, <laughs> there were no good American guys left on New Japan Wrestling, Kenny, and you're here even though you should be there just oh moxley is, is great though um, i like mox i love i love ray phoenix i love pentagon jr or penta Cero me or whatever his name is now because he can't be pentagon jr um i i think there's there's a lot of good guys like i like darby allen but mm. like i just feel like there's not enough main event dudes yet we need to kind of when Co cody pulling himself out of that right off the bat to me was silly and and unnecessary oh. I get what you're saying. When you yeah. put it that way, you're absolutely right because it is a lot of young guys. And I respect that they give them opportunity, but I'll admit, I'm like, half the time, I'm like, I'm going to like go, okay, I'm going to Google this guy during the commercial. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, you seem really cool, but I, I don't know. Like, yeah. I mean, the, the, the other problem I see with AEW is they don't give me the matches I want to see. Like, I think I'm going to get it eventually, but I kind of want to see, like, uh, things I want to see is like Brian Cage versus Wardlow. Like, I want to see that. Like those it'll guys happen. are going to destroy something. But they're together. not in programs with each other right now, but it'll happen. I'm excited about the whole inner circle pentacle. Feel. Yeah. I like that. I like Cause that. if I get an FTR, uh, uh, Santana and Ortiz match out of that, I'm good. Like the rest of it, I don't care so much about, but if you give me those two teams together, I'm straight. Like that'll be a great match. Cause those are two great tag teams. So I don't know, but do, did you watch any of the new Japan stuff? Are you into that at all? Oh, I'm, yeah, that's actually, um, I probably watched that more than anything else right now. Okay, all right. The guys really, like, so I have, I watched wrestling with a group, uh, just because, I don't know, I, I think it's just, it was, that's how we did it in college. And, you know, <laughs> it's more and fun that way, yeah. Yeah, but it is more fun that way, so um, that's, that's where they are right now, and, you know, and I've gotten to do some of their live shows, like, last year when they were, before COVID, when they were here. Like that was that's that was awesome one. yeah we, we just drove down and saw that and i mean like the uh the ace himself like i was wearing a hockey uh play sweater that night he liked my snake eyes that's awesome uh, like where, yeah and he like he was like he looked at it he touched it and he's just like he goes snake eyes and i was just like oh that's so awesome that's like, cool you weren't even my favorite before but i'm like but now you are well, he's the, he's the he's the neverweight champion now, which is weird because normally the neverweight stuff is just like Tomohiro Ishii just punching you in the face for an hour. It's weird, it's weird that that's that that belt is kind of moved up to like almost the intercontinental status. 
and they're you know they're bringing other things together now too so what is it with with, uh, with coda you're getting it they brought the belts together yeah well so did, like, did you not see the 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 pay-per-view over the weekend or the the matches um, actually i get to watch it uh thursday i have to okay wait good for everyone right. else. So because they might be watching this, no, I haven't watched it yet, guys. I won't say. I won't say. But yeah, they put the belts together, which is kind of neat. But that Neverweight title now is kind of serving as the intercontinental belt since they kind of reunited the two. That's awesome because they needed more belts, to be honest. Yeah. Like, at least they needed to make me care about more belts, I should say. I just don't know why they never they didn't just split the like the double gold thing just didn't make sense to me. It did at first when Naito won, that was cool. But at some point you got to split those belts. Like it just, because you need a strong intercontinental, you need a strong secondary title and they just didn't have one. They did not. Yeah. You know, and I, I just like, I, this is going to sound so bad. I kept going, well, maybe it's cultural. Maybe in Japan, that's just not a thing they do. And, uh, you know, all the white kids in the room believed me because they were like, well, he's half Asian, maybe, you know, <laughs> nothing, guys, Filipino, not Japanese. Yeah. But that, yeah, that was know. my lie. Like, that was the lie I told. They believed it. Well, they, hey, man, whatever works, you're a salesman. That's what you do. Um, <laughs> Daniel, thank you so much for coming on. Sure. If you if you want to plug your store, feel free, man. Ultimate Comics in North Carolina. Tell us where the locations are and all that jazz as well. Okay, give me one sec. Because, gosh, I'm going to, I don't remember the addresses off the top of my head. Well, you don't have to give us like the exact, but I mean, cool. like. So we've got yeah. Ultimate in Raleigh. That's my store. If you come in, I'll talk maybe a little less, maybe a little more depending on the day, but I have many excellent co workers. We also have our store, Ultimate Carry, which is our largest location. It's huge. I wish we could all find a spot that easy to rent. Uh, Harrison, Grace, and the team there are amazing. Can't say enough good things about them. Massive back issue room. And our newest shiny penny, the Durham store, just moved show it's, it's beautiful it's in a new location it actually copies the layout of my old store a little i i consider that sincere flattery so uh talk to matt or robin over there they are amazing as is the rest of their team and then we have our warehouse location which does sales every so often so check that out on our website also please check out our live show the guys and gals really work so hard on that they're hella funny and it's a good deal that's cool and you guys also run what, North Carolina Comic Con and uh, Oak, uh, City Oak City as well, right? Yeah, we do Oak and we do Bull. So we haven't been able to do those, of course, but we're hoping soon to get those back, not just because we're contractually obligated, but also because we really enjoy doing it. Uh, and this will be the first year I'll be there as an Ultimate employee. So nice. I really want to abuse that. Like, I want to like see how many free places I can go. That's cool. You want to meet your, you want to meet Gerard Way? <laughs> <laughs> oh, actually, I, I stalked Gerard before. I was actually last year. I was between him and Robert Venditti's table, and Gerard's <laughs> such a cool guy. Literally, a a teenager came up, looked at his stuff, and said, "I do better than that in art class every day." And he was just like, good for you, son. Like, you just keep <laughs> practicing. You draw every day. I mean, he was so nice. And I yeah. was just like, I was like, no. I was like, no. Like, no, you cannot. Like, the universe cannot allow this. I mean, I was just like, I was like, Teeny Howard wouldn't take crap. She's a writer. Why are you taking crap? And, you know, I, I looked at Robert and I was like, what is going on right here? And he was just like, he's just a really nice guy. So. Yeah. And you got to think too, man, like he's in the music industry as well he's probably got some really thick skin. Like he knows what's going on. He's hurt. Yeah, he knows what's up, dude. If that's not the worst thing he's going to hear 
all day. And then he can go online and probably hear people say worse shit about him. And he's like, screw you, my show's on Netflix. I yeah. Really like, well, I mean, he's, he's massive too. Like, I mean, he he is so important to those cons. Like, yeah. when he's there, it's just, he is a rock star. No I mean, shit, he's a legitimate rock star. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> like My Chemical Romance was like the biggest band in the whole wide world. And for some reason in my late 30s, early 40s, I found like an affinity for them, which is just odd. I don't understand it, but yeah, they're fucking great. <laughs> yeah. But it was, it was funny because I was like, he writes anyways, what are you talking about? <laughs> what was that? Like, oh gosh. cons can be crazy though. Cons they can. can. Like, but I miss them so, and, and and we and we look forward to hopefully attending North Carolina Comic Con at some point. Yeah, you, when you guys come, we have to do something with you because uh, I, I promise Grace we would get you in the store because she's a huge Metal Shark profile. Well, well I'll, I'll I'll drive from oh I'll be in Virginia Beach in June because <clears throat> I'm my kids will be in Virginia see visiting their grandparents so maybe I'll swing by some maybe we can do maybe we can do a signing then in June oh sometime. I would love that guys we'll but again you know at your convenience this isn't me trying to like bend anyone's on but that said please don't please don't please we would love to have you no dude you know, I mean like I see you again. let's do it so, yeah yeah well, Bob, again, I mean, we haven't had you in the store yet, so that that kind of breaks my. Mind. I'm a I'm a, I'm a I'm a Midwest guy, dude. I'm a hard yeah, I'm a hard get on the East Coast. <laughs> <laughs> you could have went to Heroes Con, and, and we were we were planning on doing that, but then they canceled it this year. Well, you know, uh, rightfully so. Yeah, you know, it makes of sense. Of course, yeah. I, I'm not I'm not Heroes ain't in all. Florida or Texas. They're not going to just fucking pack hundreds of thousands of people into a fucking in a hall for well, no good reason. I was going to say, we're certainly not at Ultimate or Bull. We have insurance concerns. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so thank much, you. Dan. We really yeah. appreciate you coming on. Uh, what, a, what an insightful and interesting conversation. Thanks, guys. You have a great night. And again, thanks for having me. Yes, sir. Dan Faust, who is one of the partners in Ultimate Comics, and he runs the Rally Store. Good dude, man. We talked to him afterwards for about an hour just about comics and stuff. It's fun. I love comics. I love people who love comics. It's just nice to talk to. He, good dude to talk to. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. It's always fun to talk to comics retailers and, and other fans of stuff that you like, and that's part of the reason why we do this. Yeah, it's, it's a good time, man. So you can visit any of the uh, ultimate comics in North Carolina. They're in Raleigh, Durham, and I forgot the other place. Um, and they do their show every year, Oak City and NC Comic Con. So yeah, hopefully those will be back and you can check those out and it'll be a lot of fun. So thanks, Dan, for coming on. We really appreciate it. We'll be back next week. Who do we have next week? We have Jordan Blum. That's right. We've got Jordan Blum from the from the big uh, Hulu show with uh, the MODOK and the Marvel comic MODOK as well. Yes. So that'll be awesome. So keep listening. We really appreciate it. And we will talk to you guys next week. You're listening to the Word Bros Podcast, thewordbros.com.